0: And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do And you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from Timcast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Last night, President Joe Biden lied to the American people. Now, you could argue that technically he did not lie, as Ian brought up on the show, Timcast IRL. Because what President Joe Biden said was, I never thought that I would see, confirm children being beheaded, etc., etc., Now, of course, the implication is that he did see it. And that's what you would assume in a colloquial context when someone says, never thought I'd see a dog do a backflip. You say that after you see a dog do a backflip. In this instance, Joe Biden made it seem like he did see them. Okay, well, that was the assumption. That's why I say he's lying. Because now the White House is walking back Biden's claim that he saw photographic evidence of beheaded children. That being said. There is substantial evidence of atrocities. There are videos of civilians being killed, and so based on this and several other reports, we now have reporting from CBS, more reporting from CBS, mind you, that yeah, they saw this. I lean towards there is a a strong possibility that it is true. Emotional arguments mean nothing to me. There are a lot of people right now uh, that are. uh, You Pierce Morgan's got a tweet out. There's another guy's got a tweet out saying, you know, how how dare you ask for evidence? You know, uh, we used to just say killing children was wrong. And it's just like, what? Shut up. I'm not here to play stupid games with morons. I don't care what you have to say about other people, but I will say this for my show, for this show, for Timcast IRL. The idea that because you've asked for evidence of children being beheaded means you don't care that children died is laughably absurd and weakens your position. But that seems to be what's happening right now. But this is a big story. And because of the Nyira testimony in 1990, where a young woman lied about children being ripped from incubators and killed, there are questions about whether or not we are being lied to. And we have a right to ask for evidence. Again, that being said, where it stands on the evidence, it's tough. Welcome to war, my friends. Fog of war is a bitch. You're going to get manipulations, propaganda, lies from everyone involved in a conflict. However. I'm sorry. When pro-Palestinian activists cheer for the killing of civilians, when journalists covering this extensively say Hamas targets civilians, and when I watch videos of Hamas killing civilians and then someone says they've also there are also babies found decapitated, I'm like, they don't need that story, guys. And that's that's the thing. While I certainly don't like the emotional manipulation and the lies from the White House. Israel doesn't need this story to justify anything. If they want to say atrocities are committed, they need only be like, here's a video of civilians being killed. And it's like, damn, dude. So when they come out and say that they were children killed in their cribs, decapitated, I mean, this is brutal stuff. I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the mood, man. I mean, yeah, we're going to get demonetized on this one, but this is serious stuff. You don't need to come out with the emotional arguments, guys. Okay. We, I, I think anybody rejecting what we saw in these videos and what Hamas did is, is clearly an ideologue and hyper-partisan. We had someone super chat us on IRL yesterday saying, you're hypocrites. You know, Israel uh, uh, chips and nail and you're here crying crocodile tears. I'm like, chips and nail? Admitted that they came in and killed civilians chipping and nail. Okay. And this is what I said last night. If your argument That civilians being killed and run down, murdered, and people in civilians in their homes, non-combatants being killed, is chipping a nail. You expect me to cry over what's happening with collateral damage in Gaza? Ideologues not interested. This is what I see. I I, we've got people who are pro-Israel saying, you know, how dare you question the narrative of children being beheaded or whatever, and I'm like, shut up, dude. I'm upset about what happened. And it's an atrocity. And there's atrocities that happen all over the world, mind you. But this one's bad. Watching civilians be run down, killed, these women crying, being paraded through the streets. Some of these videos, man, they're just brutal. The broken bones. I mean, it's graphic. It's horrifying. I'm not here to entertain ideologues who are trying to emotionally goad me into supporting a war. And more importantly, especially when you don't have to. You do not need to make these emotional arguments when we can clearly see the videos of what Hamas did. And it's horrifying. It's disgusting. It is terrorism. Here's the story from Insider, and then we'll break down the current reporting on what's going on with this claim. The White House is walking back Biden's statement that he saw photographic evidence of beheaded children. Now, I want to stress this point as well. Biden's claim being debunked has moral outrage on the other side, the pro Palestine side, saying, see, the story's debunked. I just, you know what, man? I don't care for your emotional arguments. And all you do with your stupid manipulation is piss me off. What is debunked is that Joe Biden claimed he saw evidence. The White House has walked that back. You want to call that debunking? Fine. Maybe the White House is lying. Maybe Biden's lying. Pick one. But either way, the story has no credibility because there's no evidence. I mean, the story has no Joe Biden's claim has no credibility because he made a claim that was contradicted. So we just ignore it. This doesn't mean children weren't killed. No, so the people who are coming out and being like, see, the story was already debunked. No, it wasn't. Joe Biden's lie was debunked. Here's the story. President Joe Biden addressed Jewish community leaders at a roundtable on Wednesday, where he referenced a gruesome claim made by the Israeli Defense Force. It was also made by humanitarian first responders, CBS reports. So take that for uh, take that for what, uh, what you will. It matters that Americans see what is happening, Biden said. I have been doing this a long time. I never thought that I would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. He lied. Later in the evening on Wednesday, a national security official told NPR that Biden was referring to media reports when he made the remark. CNN reported Wednesday that a White House official said that neither Biden nor the administration had seen these images and that Biden was referring to comments from Israeli officials and reports in the media. Now, I wonder why they would even bother doing it because they can make the claim. That's it. They can just say it. How are you ever going to prove it? No one's going to publish photos like this, right? But they're walking it back. The gruesome claim, they say, a journalist with Israeli broadcaster I-24 News on Tuesday was the first to claim that babies had been killed in the Israeli kibbutz Kfar Aza, initially saying 40 babies at least were taken out on gurneys. The journalist, Nicole Zedek, later clarified the statement saying, soldiers told me they believed 40 babies and children were killed. Later on Tuesday, IDF spokesman Major Nir Dinar told his uh, insider that Israel soldiers came across the bodies of babies, including some that had been decapitated, and the, uh, the Kfar Aza kibbutz near the Israel at the Kfar Aza kibbutz. Dinar said the IDF can, cannot confirm any numbers, but described the situation at the kibbutz as a massacre in which children were brutally butchered in an ISIS way of action. Insider's claim, uh, Insider has not been able to independently verify these claims. Well, of course, no one's going to be able to. It's war. Let me let me ask you, do you really believe that they're going to film and take photos of, of dead babies and post them on the Internet? I'm not surprised they won't do that. So here's what I think. I think that there is a decent probability. It's a lie, an exaggeration, and it's propaganda. I think the probability, the greater probability, greater than chance, is that these soldiers did come across dead children. What we saw from Hamas, they were opening fire into buildings there, there's, there's, th- these buildings are heavily damaged. There's cars that are shot up. There's a video of of Hamas just killing civilians. Just, just go. I mean, look, man. So when, we, when I see that, I would say the preponderance of evidence suggests Hamas indiscriminately was opening fire on civilians. And guess what? Yeah, babies in their houses are going to be hit by this fu- this gunfire. So the question is, as to these claims, was it a ritualistic ISIS-style beheading, or? Assuming it's true, did the soldiers just happen to come across babies who had been mutilated beyond recognition because of the uh, gunfire? Look, I'm sorry for talking about something so serious, um, but I will also add, I find it personally offensive that uh, uh, YouTube flags videos like this. Now, I get demonetization. You if I was selling coffee, I maybe wouldn't want to put it next to a story about dead babies. I get it. But these stories need to be heard. People need to understand what war is, because this is how you get people to say, hey, we don't want war and conflict, because here's 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 the sad truth. There are many people who are right now saying, see, Biden lied. It's debunked. One day when war comes to their doorsteps, we pray it doesn't, and they walk into a room and they see a crib spattered with blood. Heaven forbid they have to go and tell the people of the world what they saw and have everyone insult and mock them. What a horrifying situation. I'm sorry, man. If, if, if you come to me and tell me that children were killed in the conflict, I'm going to be like, yeah, of course. Look at these videos, man. A lot of this stuff that Hamas was doing was like indiscriminate and aimless. They're just opening fire. There's going to be collateral damage. I don't know if there's intentional, but I got to tell you. People are asking whether like, why, why would they do this? What's the benefit? They claim it's an open air prison. These people chant from the river to the sea. They are saying the entirety of what Israel, Israel is should be wiped out, should be reclaimed by them. They should be in charge. Ideological. So when there are stories of rapes and children being killed, yeah, when you have tribal warfare, that's what happens. These people, they want to inflict humiliation. And that's what they do. There's a story I hear. It's apocryphal, but uh, people tell this urban legend of an American general who had killed a bunch of al-Qaeda terrorists or Mujahideen or whatever. It's it's not a true story, I don't believe. They say that after a battle and a bunch of the uh, Muslim soldiers were killed, the general left one soldier alive or one terrorist, whatever you want to call them. It's the Mujahideen. It's apocryphal story, so it's like, I don't know, whatever. This one, one individual was left alive to watch as the general spilled pig's blood onto the corpses of these men. And then they released him. The argument being that this man would then go and tell them what happened and they'd be too scared to fight because now they're unclean and they couldn't go to heaven or something
1: to that effect.
0: The story is not true, but the general idea is that a moral outrage would be committed to shock the other side into cowering. Now, I don't know how to tell you, man, when it comes to a story like this, all this is going to do is spur Israel into action and rally the international community. But you don't need this story about babies to make that happen. The fact that we all watch civilians be targeted and that the left cheered for it and that people celebrated and Black Lives Matter celebrated. It's it's enough, man. We're outraged. It's evil. It is evil. And then you get these these people being like, they're just trying to return to their homes. No, they went and killed civilians. That's not returning to your homes. This is the way I described it last night. You say someone's locked in a prison and they're innocent. They were forced in there by an oppressive force. And we say, OK, and like I'm someone who has no idea what's going on. I'm like that poor person locked up in prison. Hey, if they're innocent, I want to get them out. One day, the person breaks through the outer fencing, runs full speed right up to a young woman and just mercilessly beats her to death. And then I'm just like, that person probably should be in prison, right? Now The challenge is we're not talking about a single person. We're talking about 2.5 million people, people who are born in, in Gaza who don't know anything else. This is a problem. War and conflict will not stop so long as is the case, but I'm not going to pretend to have the solutions. I can tell you that when you claim these poor people just want to return to their land and then Hamas breaks out and just murders civilians, I'll be like, bro, I don't know what to tell you. I talk to these people who are pro-Palestine. They lie. Not all of them, but many of them. Oh, but Israel's doing this. Like the person I mentioned, the super chat, who said Israel chips and nail and you're crying crocodile tears like disgusting. I'm just your lies don't work on me, dude. Okay, it's war. I get it. There's collateral damage. Civilians die in Gaza. The West Bank is is the Palestinian uh, uh, territories are basically disintegrating in the West Bank. I get that there's war just because Israel has the power doesn't make them inherently evil. If two ideological factions are at odds with each other and one has said we're going to kill civilians as a principal tactic and the other side, at the very least, is trying to maintain. The image. We will try to avoid civilian casualties. You lose. Have a nice day. You're out. And they'll be like, yeah, but Israel's lying. Perhaps, but at least they're not the ones going around and prating and cheering for killing civilians. You see where you lose on this one? I don't think I think what we saw from Hamas it destroys that moral position. That they're just innocent, you know, they're they're people who are refugees and trying to get their homeland back. It's like, no, dude, you're at war. Okay. You'll get no sympathies from me. From the Daily Mail, Israeli military says babies were beheaded. And a coroner has confirmed how they died as IDF post images of ISIS flags left at kibbutz by Hamas terrorists. This I don't believe. Like, come on, man. I don't know how to tell you. I'm less likely to believe that someone that Hamas threw an ISIS flag there. Okay, but what I will say is this. If the left comes out and says these people are born into refugee camps, traumatized and raised to despise Israel and want the return of Palestine and all of that stuff. You, do, you can't control these people, okay? If Hamas fighters break out and paraglide into a kibbutz, and then they say, why would they do this? Why would they do that? Well, because they're, they're uh, undisciplined, angry, traumatized, violent individuals. Why does Antifa try to kill people? Why did that dude in Portland get shot twice in the chest? You say, for what purpose? Because they're insane. Because they're angry, ideologically driven uh, 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 individuals, violent individuals. If so, you know, we've heard these stories about the U.S. military, that U.S. soldiers committed rapes and killed civilians and all that stuff. You know, if we're going to hear those stories on the left, I'm going to believe that Hamas would do something similar. Could it be that a single Hamas fighter was so angry and hates Jews so much that he killed these babies and killed these people? Yeah, it's that simple. You ever hear the story of like, I don't know, Jeffrey Dahmer. That's one American guy, a a, a civilian who killed and and murdered and did a horrible, a bunch of horrible other things. Gacy, serial killers exist. You want to make the argument that like Hamas sanctioned this doing like, well, you know, I I, I can believe you if you said that they were trying to get a military target, but we know that they target civilians because they admit it. But is it possible that one soldier committed these atrocities because Hamas empowered them to do so? Sure. It's believable, man. I'm sorry. It just is. We do have this because I always want to make sure that we are fair and balanced. Israeli official says government cannot confirm babies were beheaded in Hamas attack c n n interestingly uh, says that it, is they, this is this is what they've got so far, despite the fact that a spokesman for a spokeswoman for the prime minister says, yeah, it was it was I want you to see these two these two tweets, and the reason the images are all blurred is I'm using an extension because some of these are are i i i won't show the images. you can find them yourself Pierce Morgan says. There's a a debate raging about whether Hamas beheaded babies or stabbed and shot them in their bedrooms, as if somehow one of these evil, depraved acts of terror is less wicked than the other. If you're trying to argue this point, you're a sick bastard. That's a that's a lie. Pierce Morgan's a liar. The debate right now is not whether or not it was they were shot or beheaded. You see, what he's trying to do is shift the narrative to say explicitly children were killed. Well, I get it. I I I've seen some photos that uh, 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 provide circumstantial evidence. Well, I would say actually direct physical evidence. There's photos of cribs and children's playrooms spattered with blood. It's not proof. It is evidence. Proof would be like a video of a kid screaming and crying and someone walking in, holding up, you know, the date is this and here's what I'm doing. That's proof positive. In this instance, we've seen a lot of evidence to suggest it, it's, it's probably true. It's not a debate about whether or not babies were beheaded or shot. It's a debate about whether or not this claim is true. This is a tweet from Seth Fransman. He says, it's weird how so many in the West have latched onto this debate about were kids beheaded. For some reason, a lot of people in the West don't find murdering children to be a problem. They need to debate. Were they beheaded? As if murdering kids is okay, the discussion is odd. You see, these, these, are, these are emotional lies. I'm not going to be goaded into your lies. Sorry, dude. It's just a lie. He says, there was a time when murdering kids was unacceptable. You see, this is the game they're playing they make an extraordinary claim, and then they walk it back slightly. Children beheaded. No, no, but children were killed. How dare you question how they died? Mm, People are questioning whether they died at all, right? We want evidence to extraordinary claims. That being said, there is evidence. And I believe uh, Hamas has more than proven they're willing to kill children when they open fire indiscriminately into civilian targets. And then even the left cheers for it. They fire rockets at Tel Aviv, dude. They fire rockets at civilian targets. Like, this is, not, this is not beyond what Hamas would do. My point only here is, your emotional arguments only piss me off. And, and you know what? And I'll call them out. Now, the bigger question is, should the U.S. be involved? My answer is no. And that's tough. They, string, they, they, they tug at your, your heartstrings. Look what happened to these kids, man. You're going to sit back and do nothing, bro? We're not the world police. I, I think it's just an absurd notion that the United States, the liberal economic order, Europe, we have to be some kind of world police where we go and decide a problem was committed and then we're going to police other countries. And the reason for this and the best argument, Cassandra Fairbanks makes this argument. No one cares about other countries. It is usually only the countries that align with U.S. interests and U.S. military needs where all of a sudden there's a moral outrage. Is this a moral outrage? Yo, these are atrocities. There's video evidence and admission by Hamas they've committed atrocities. China's committing atrocities. You can make the argument that we don't have the means to stop China. That would be full-scale war, World War III. Fine. The Uyghur Muslims are suffering and being raped and this forced abortions. It's horrifying. And that we do have more means to, to assist Israel in what's going on right here. But I disagree. Getting involved in this conflict directly, with boots on the ground or otherwise means war with Iran. And people need to understand Iran is not Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, this, is a, this is There's a reason why we set up military bases in Iraq and Afghanistan surrounding Iran to try and control the region, because Iran is powerful. Are they the most powerful? No, of course not. But it is not like Afghanistan. Iran is a developed, large, mountainous nation, and it will be extremely difficult for the U.S. to try and conquer a nation like that. That's what they want. The U.S. for a long time has wanted war with Iran. Now, were we to just jump into involvement with Israel over Palestine, considering Israel is now leveling much of Gaza, yeah, we could be entering World War III directly, and that's a bad idea. You know, look, man, I'm not. there's a reason why I'm not running for office, and I'm not going to be... Uh, calling for war or intervention is a reason why I say, like, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Because I, I I cannot, in good faith, lead people to oblivion, to World War Three, to their own destruction. But I understand this. The reason why I say I'm usually like 90, 95 anti-intervention is because I'm not so naive to think that there there can be a perfect world where we do nothing. I understand that China and Russia would seek to gain international power and the last thing any of us want is to live under a unipolar Chinese communist world. And that means we are in competition for resources, territory, economic authority. But the way I often play the video game Civilization is that we become the most prosperous, the strongest, and we don't need to engage in war. In the game Civilization, which is a, you know, poor simulation of real life, you know, conflict and consequences, but it's a good game. They, they try their best. And uh, in the game, you build a civilization, you build little cities, time advances, you develop technology. My playthroughs are always, I'm the most advanced with the biggest military, and I'm not at war with anybody. Through trade, through economics, and through military might, not through intervention, people negotiate and trade, and there is peace. I've never played these games where when a war breaks out. I'm like, all right, I'm deploying my military to go make them stop. I'm like, no, I'm in my own business. But there is a scary reality, my friends. And that reality is that there are nuclear powers in this world that if they go to war with each other, we suffer. The whole world does. Imagine if, you know, China went to war with, you know, India. And then nukes start flying. It's world war no matter what you want to do. And we're involved no matter what. That's the harsh reality. And that's why we want war to stop. Don't have the answers for you, my friends. I just don't. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. FastGrowingTrees.com code pool. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Lindsey Graham is calling for a preemptive strike on Iran, saying we should target their oil fields because they're funding this terrorism. A U.S. Navy carrier strike group is now in place. To stop anyone from making the Israel-Hamas war any worse than it already is. China is reportedly trying to drag the United States and Western powers into a multi-pronged battlefield on four different fronts. And thus, they may move to take Taiwan. Ladies and gentlemen, World War III. Right now, with the Eastern European Front and Russia's invasion, everyone seems to have an interest in escalating this conflict. And all at once, it could happen. The BRICS nations, Iran, many of these other countries that oppose Western influence see this as an opportunity to split the U.S.'s military power, NATO especially, and then take what they want. It's kind of like you got the police responding to a bank robbery. And so other criminals decide to go rob liquor stores. It's like a riot breaks out. And then what do we see? Mass looting. But this on the international scale and risking, I guess, nuclear annihilation. Vladimir Putin has made it very clear he will use nuclear weapons. There are calls now from inside Israel to flatten Gaza using whatever means they have. And if that happens, I would not be surprised to see international uh, conflict escalate. Now, I suppose, as we're learning about the uh, uh, strike group entering the Mediterranean, well, you know, what does that mean? And does that escalate? But understand each and every one of these stories are grains of sand making up a heap, as the saying goes. Marine unit leaves Kuwait exercise early because of emerging events. And what could that mean? We'll go through this. We'll go through all of it. An Israeli lawmaker is urging her government to use everything in its arsenal, including doomsday weapons against Hamas. And at the same time, we now have reports taking off Hamas has called for a global day of jihad tomorrow. NYPD are being deployed in full. uh, I I believe they're calling in all NYPD in uniform due to the risk against uh, Jewish population and protests and violence, which I think is strongly possible. I think it's interesting. However, the New York Post said that uh, they're calling for protests, protests. Is that what jihad means? Sure, you could technically argue that, but I don't think When you have people celebrating the death of civilians in New York City, they're planning on just protesting. But this is it. Now, before I get into the minutiae of what constitutes a potential risk of World War III, I want to bring up this story from TimCast.com. Last night on TimCast.com's uncensored show, go to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member if you want to listen in. One of our uh, viewers and members asked us if China was playing a role in what happened. And I immediately pulled up this article. China attempting to draw U.S. into four separate wars, one with terrorist group. Expert claims CCP may have played a role in the recent Hamas attack against Israel, noting that China formed a strategic alliance with Palestine months before the assault. Uh, Timcast.com reports the world is still reeling from the grotesque images and videos coming from Israel where members of the Islamist militant group Hamas recently unleashed an attack that resulted in the deaths of more than 900 Israelis. I believe it's way higher than that right now. And uh look man, there's more evidence coming about uh, coming out about kids being mutilated and killed. I say evidence not proof, there's a difference. Proof is overt and undeniable. Evidence is there are photos of babies that have emerged on social media. And so verification of the photos where they come from, that would be proof, but for now, you know, I think considering we know what hamas's intentions are and what they said they are willing to do with civilians look man i mean this is reality this is war there remains widespread speculation as to whether other organizations or governments played a role in the facilitation of the operation however one possibility under consideration is that the hamas attack is part of a widespread effort by china to catastrophically weaken the united states by drawing america into multiple simultaneous conflicts ccp officials are planning a major war against the U.S., according to investigative reporter and East Asia expert Joshua Phillip. As he stated in a recent video, the CCP is planning to draw the U.S. into four separate conflicts, and they believe at least one of these needs to be a terror organization. It is possible that Hamas could be that group. The most important piece connecting China to Hamas, Philip says, is that in June of this year, CCP leader Xi Jinping personally met with Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas and announced the establishment of a China-Palestine strategic partnership. China hosted the meeting as part of its push to expand its influence in the Middle East. The visit during which she said China and Palestinians were good friends, good partners, was Abbas's fifth to China. More importantly, we have this, and I hope you are prepared. War may be coming. I mean, war's here, OK? But I mean, war may be coming to the United States. There are fears that our, our southern border is porous. Hamas extremists and sleeper cells may already be here. And tomorrow, former leader of Hamas has called for jihad globally. So I hope you are paying attention. I hope you are uh, you'd be a little bit paranoid. You know, we had a caller come call in and ask, you know, should I should I leave my neighborhood? I mean, because they, they lived in a Jewish neighborhood. And I'm like, you know, they try to insult you for being paranoid. By, well, you don't even have to say, you can say concerned, you don't need to say paranoid. I think you can be reasonable. And the question is, if you're living in an area that you feel may be a target, the question is, what's it worth to you, right? The way I see it is, if you could buy a lottery ticket right now, and if you were to get the numbers right, you would be maimed and beaten. Why would you buy the lottery ticket, right? But you're like, yeah, but the chance of anything happening are slim. Sure, but why would you buy it? I mean, you, you people win the lottery the question is this. Is it a burden on you to spend a few days with some family members in a suburb or, you know, to go on vacation and, you know, take a nice little October pumpkin patch, apple picking vacation or something, right? Is that so devastating? So I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying, considering the threats and the risks, you don't want to be paranoid. But is it a big deal if you're like, hey, this weekend, we're going to go apple picking or something? And then you spend a weekend away and see how things play out. The likelihood is your area will be fine. Nothing will happen. But there are some of you in the event something does happen. I don't think it'll be every neighborhood everywhere. But the people who do take their security seriously, you know, they're going to be okay Because either you spend a weekend with the kids or you narrowly avoided a serious attack. I want to show you this video. ALX tweets. I had to check if this was real. It is Lindsey Graham calling for. World War III explicitly. Oh, of course. As as, as per usual, audio is incorrectly. Assembled. I would
2: do is I would bomb Iran's oil infrastructure. The money financing terrorism comes from Iran. It's time for this terrorist state to pay a price for financing and supporting all this chaos. Yes, if you're the Iranians, if it we're up to me, this war escalates. I'm coming after you.
3: I think this is what I'm trying to clarify here because I. I'm wondering us if and Israel, Us in Israel. Us in Israel. The United States no, and no, Israel. I want to be crystal clear. The United. Let me A just. Joint l- operation. Let me just, between, um, let me just understand yeah, you, I'm just sorry. to be clear. You're saying yeah. that you would want the United States and Israel to bomb Iran, even in the absence you of direct it. evidence of their involvement in this uh, attack?
2: Uh, yeah. So <laughs> oh if there's an escalation, God. Abby. If there's people's throats being cut on television as Israel goes into Gaza and they're threatening to kill the hostages, if Hezbollah is unleashed on Israel in the north, it will be because Iran is supporting that. If you don't get the connection between Iran and this terrorist activity by Hamas and Hezbollah, you're missing a lot. This is a terrorist state that has American blood on its hands. It is now time to dismantle the financing system of terrorism if this war escalates. Yes, I would do a joint military operation. I tell the Iranians
0: today, if the war escalates, you will pay a price. You will be out of the oil business. Look at this. Look at the Chiron. Lindsey Graham bomb Iran, even if no direct evidence of role in the attack.
2: I want to be crystal clear on that. And if we don't do that, what do you expect to happen in the future? Do you expect Israel to forgive and forget? Biden didn't mention one word about Iran today, and I want to support the president. I'm supporting the Saudi Israel peace deal. Israel made peace with several Arab countries through their Abraham Accords. I want to help the Palestinians we can do business with as part of a Saudi Israel peace deal. But I am tired of letting Iran I think they did this to stop the Saudi Arab peace negotiations, the Iranians. I don't want to reward them. I want to punish them.
3: So, Senator, can I ask you now about what's happening here in the United States? Republicans on Capitol Hill, your yeah. colleagues, especially in the House, are debating whether or not to fund uh, Israel and Ukraine. Some of them don't want to fund Ukraine at all and only yeah. want to fund Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my my yeah. question to you is, do you think the U.S. risks being stretched too thin, uh, with these two incredibly significant conflicts happening at the same time, requiring quite a lot of American resources.
2: Yeah, no, not really, Um, you know, my dad fought in Japan and I had an uncle fought in Germany. America fought the Germans and the Japanese at the same time, not one American. And there it is,
0: and there he says it, and you get what these people want. We're not stretched too thin my dad fought in Japan. What did he say? Who else fought in Germany? Let's play your colleagues, there. especially in the house are debating whether or not two incredibly
3: significant conflicts happening at the same time requiring quite a lot of American resources.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, not really. Um, you know, my dad fought in
0: Japan and I had an uncle fought in Germany, America. That's right. His dad fought in Japan. His uncle fought in Germany. He's talking about world war two, baby. He is saying that we can, Start World War III. Lindsey Graham has called for the bombing of Iran.
4: It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late and assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save twenty percent and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at CarShield.com/Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to CarShield.com/Carlson and save
0: twenty percent today. It's amazing. It is terrifying. It is terrifying where we are currently at. Axios reports 25 Americans killed in Israel, others held hostage by Hamas in Gaza. This is my fear. Man, we're about to live through interesting times, my friends. It is horrifying what has happened in Israel. No question. It is horrifying to the United States that 25 Americans were killed, and it is deeply troubling and terrifying that there are Americans being held hostage. Yeah, I don't see how this I don't see how this uh, gets resolved. Peacefully. Trying to make it what they want. Lindsey Graham doesn't seem to care. Lindsey Graham says, No, we can do it. I despise Lindsey Graham. I think he is an evil man. He's not going to be the one fighting this. But you know what? It's not so much about is the United States stretched too thin. It's about our recruiting numbers. Nobody wants to join a woke military. And, uh, and I'll add this the military supporting this woke ideology. The people who write the books on this stuff hate Israel and are supporting the terrorists. They're supporting the terror attacks on civilians. So uh, why would I trust that if, you know, somebody, you know, somebody would believe joining the military would be for the right reason? It's getting crazy out there now. Let me see. I think I might have, uh, where's that story? I don't know. I can tell you this, though. Damascus International Airport and Aleppo Airport in Western Syria are both targeted today by the Israeli Air Force, resulting in such serious damage that the airports are currently closed to any and all flights, including an aircraft from the Iranian government, reportedly carrying the foreign minister, Hossein Amir uh, Abdolahian. I'm sorry, I'm trying to pronounce it as best I can. Yeah, this is from uh, OSINT Defender on Twitter. Don't know if it's confirmed or not, but it looks like we are rapidly heading towards a war with Iran. As of this morning, 10 a.m., NYPD investigating several violent incidents possibly motiva- motivated by the war in Israel. Police are being deployed. Tomorrow is going to be wild. I hope you're you're, you're paying attention. And And look, I'm not saying there's a guarantee of any attacks on anybody, but there's going to be protests the police are going to be deployed. It will be. It'll be something. But I'm not saying there's going to be violence. I don't know. I don't know. Brooklyn, New York. Police are investigating multiple violent incidents that may have been motivated by the war between Israel and Hamas. Wednesday night, two Jewish men approached two other men holding Palestinian flags, grabbed one of the flags, hit one man over the head with it, and then ran away. The incident occurred in Brooklyn at Flushing Avenue and Klassen. No arrests have been made. I do find it funny, though. When you get all these videos of young black men mercilessly beating Jewish people, the media is mum. It's not a big issue for them. It doesn't doesn't make its way to the the pundits on prime time. But now it will. Just before 8 p.m. Wednesday, two 16 year olds allegedly fired off gel pellet guns outside congregation Benay Yousef on Ocean Parkway in Gravesend, the Flushing Shamrim, a Jewish watchdog group. Uh, one, uh, the Jewish watchdog group responded to this uh, scene first. Two teens were taken into custody. Around midnight Wednesday night, a Middle Eastern 18-year-old was allegedly assaulted by one of three men waving Israeli flags, who police say jumped out of their cars, asked if the man was Palestinian, and then proceeded to kick and punch him. The incident occurred on 86th Street in Bay Ridge and is being investigated as a hate crime. Conflict is here for us. Strike group is now in the Mediterranean. The Navy's most advanced aircraft carrier and its strike group arrived in the Eastern Mediterranean Sea on Tuesday, where it's been positioned to deter anyone from capitalizing on the chaos of the Israel-Hamas war. Hmm, interesting. Or meaning the U.S. is defending Israel. U.S. Central Command said the USS Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group was among several forces deployed to the area in order to deter any actor seeking to escalate the situation or widen this war. The forces include the actual aircraft carrier and support aircraft, the Ticonderoga-class guided missile cruiser USS Normandy, and the Arleigh Burke-class guided missile destroyers, USS Thomas Hudner, USS Ramage, USS Kearney, and USS Roosevelt. The arrival of these highly capable forces to the region is a strong signal of deterrence. Should any actor hostile to Israel, consider taking, uh, consider trying to take advantage of the situation. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said on Sunday, the USS Gerald Ford strike group would be sent to the region. The move came during the supercarrier's first full deployment. What happens if Americans are, 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 are killed? What happens if American hostages are killed? At least 17 Americans are missing, the White House said on Wednesday. The first shipments of military, array, military aid arrived in Israel on Tuesday. The U.S. is also moving its forward carrier strike group. We know this. There you go. I've directed my team to share intelligence and deploy additional experts from across the U.S. government to consult with and advise Israeli counterparts on hostage recovery efforts. Because as president, I have no higher priority than the safety of Americans being held hostage around the world. The brutality of Hamas's bloodthirstiness brings to mind the worst rampages of ISIS. This is terrorism, Biden said in televised remark on Tuesday. Hamas militants invaded Israeli villages, this we know, and it's being laid out in front of you, man. I don't know what else we can say. Israel from, from express.co.uk, Israel must destroy Hamas fast or this thing becomes World War III. Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Crawford. It's a world war. It's 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 become it's rapidly becoming World War Three. I mean, this is it. The U.S. polled on multiple fronts. China potentially involved, according to some experts. We don't know for sure. The threat against Taiwan. The U.S. is setting up naval forces in Australia. We are looking at multiple fronts, a world war. And then what happens? South America is going to get roped into it. Elements of Africa get roped into it. And there we go, ladies and gentlemen, World War Three. And how does it end? I don't know. I really don't. I don't know. I think it's naive to say that it just ends with nuclear, uh, you know, ICBMs launching across the sky. I don't think so. What we're looking at is China wants Taiwan in the South China Sea. NATO and Russia are fighting over Ukraine and access to the Black Sea. And of course, you have Israel and Palestine. And a lot of this stems back to World War II, the charters that tried to draw the lines in Israel, the attempts from international forces, and the West siding with Israel and many Arabic nations siding with with Palestine with Gaza. It's a large component is religious for sure, but I think for many it's just going to be strategic. With the war breaking out in Eastern Europe, this sets the stage. The U.S. and the West are now occupied. They're not going to be able to handle a multi-front war. What happens then is everyone sees it as their opportunity. When Alex Jones got suspended on, 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 uh, on was it YouTube first, he got banned by every platform instantly. They saw this as their opportunity. Alex was, this was their chance. They could pile on and say, look, everybody did it. As war breaks out, what better time for China? They want Taiwan. You think they're gonna stop and say, no, 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 we're gonna wait until the U.S. resolves these wars. Then no. They go now. And then what? The U.S. cannot maintain war in 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 Southeast Asia, in the South China Sea, in this area. It is mainland China. They have this access, Taiwan Falls. The Biden administration has been working on the CHIPS Act specifically because of this. We need to build silicon chips here in the United States. Bring back manufacturing because we're about to lose it. The bigger fear, I suppose, is that. They're going to uh, bring your sons and daughters and those who've enlisted. And if it does go World War III, I would not be surprised if we see full-scale conscription or something to that effect, or attacks on U.S. soil. The southern border is open and we're at risk. I don't know what this means for you. What I can say is, you know, prices are going to go up. Life will become substantially worse for everybody. There will be millions more refugees and our southern border is wide open, and this is where we're headed. We've not seen world war on the scale of mass destruction that we have in our capabilities. We didn't. With World War II, we dropped the first nukes. It was the, what was it, the atomic bomb, the hydrogen bomb? They're big, but they're nothing compared to what we have today. Man, you know, the United States dropped these bombs in kind of a shock and awe on Japan. They wanted the world to know what we could do to you and Japan surrenders. Holy crap. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We all know the capabilities of nuclear weapons. Who's going to be willing to drop the bomb first and which one? You could get a multiple independently targeted re-entry vehicle, a MIRV, fired into the air, built in the 80s, mind you, 12 warheads launch into the stratosphere and pepper the eastern seaboard of the United States. How many untold dead? You'll have millions dead. And it's crazy to think. And for what reason? Why is this happening? You know, this is a scary thought, man. I don't see an off-ramp for any of this. So I hope you're all ready and paying attention. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I have no sympathy... For the woke leftists and the Harvard students who are now facing career ruin for having supported Hamas in the latest conflict. Why? Because it is these sycophants and cowards that brought us into the moral crisis we are facing today in the United States. At least a dozen more CEOs endorse Bill Ackman's vow not to hire Harvard students who blamed Israel for Hamas terror attack. As undergrads double down on their statement and whine about being flooded with racist hate speech. If you were someone who for uh, your life, for, for forever, for a long period of time, advocated for the right of others to speak and express their ideas, even if they were abhorrent, then I believe you will. Uh, should have your free speech defended, and to a great degree, and not absolute, but uh, you should be allowed to keep your job and get a job just, you know, regardless of your opinions, so long as the opinions don't directly impact the line of work you're in. Right. What I'm saying is if you work in public relations and you're tweeting these things like supporting Hamas, like maybe you're going to get fired because your job is public relations. But if you're like a porn star like Mia Khalifa, like, you know, maybe you shouldn't get fired because you have nasty opinions. But here's the point. A bunch of Harvard students signed onto this, uh, this uh, letter, uh, student organizations, that was basically defending Hamas, essentially. And now you've got high profile Wall Street CEOs and other uh, billionaires saying these people will never be hired by us. Good, good. You have two factions on the left. You have, you, you, you have, on the left action, you have two kinds of people. One, the people who overtly and explicitly defend this because they want it and, they, and they, they want violence. They want destruction. They want to burn it all down. And then you have the people who know it's wrong, but are cowards. Cowards who said, I'm going to sit here. And keep my head down, and it'll all pass me by. And now, it's all coming home to roost on you. The banality of evil who supported evil people. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. I don't want war between the United States and Iran or any other countries. And, you know, typically, I'm not a fan of people saying you are going to be fired because of your political opinions. But here's my point. These are the people who thought they could support evil ideologies and that we would just let it all happen. No, 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 no. It's the banality of evil. These Harvard students are now begging, oh, we're so sorry. We didn't mean to support Hamas. Here's my point. As the far left engages in critical race theory, the sterilization of children, and abortion to the point of birth, and all of these things that we consider to be atrocious, there are many people on the left, knowing it's wrong, will just go along with, with whatever they think the establishment narrative is so they can stay safe and keep their heads down. And we've begged. I've said one day they'll come knocking on your door even if you keep your head down. That day is now. These students at Harvard who signed onto this support statement, thought that Black Lives Matter was the way to go. Well, Black Lives Matter has all the support from the institutions, from the big banks. You speak out against BLM, they could take your bank account away. And that's what your cowardice has resulted in. I find it fascinating. These individuals are now reeling and terrified because they thought they could march in lockstep with evil and everything would be fine for them. No. Eventually, you pay the price. And this is where we are now. The Daily Mail says over a dozen business executives are joining the call to blacklist the Harvard students who put out a statement that blamed Israel for the Hamas attack. Well, the group wind up being persecuted in the aftermath. They're your rules. The far left made these rules and demanded we be subjugated by them. And now it has turned around and is hitting them in the face. I won't defend them. Sorry. If you believe in free speech, then I will defend your free speech. If you have actively fought to suppress the rights of Americans to have their free speech, why would I defend you? You know, it, 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 people have long said we must defend all free speech, even for those who don't like it yeah, yeah, up until the point they're actively trying to strip me of my rights. Right. That's the point. You're in a conflict and these people are telling you that you You can't target civilians. You can't. No. Oh, no. And then they explicitly state their intention to target civilians. The left will mercilessly beat a child and then scream bloody murder if you strike back in defense. They will ignite riots. They will ignite violence. And then if you try to defend yourself, they'll lock you up for it. These criminals will be released by Democrat policy. And then if you try and protect your business as the victim, they will put you in jail. That's the point. Enough. No more can we defend these evil people. But there's an interesting moral and philosophical debate. Everyone says you have to defend the free speech of everyone. No, you don't. There could be an evil, abhorrent person I really despise. And they're saying a whole bunch of far left, crazy nonsense about communism, and they love it and they love Hamas. But this person has consistently and always defended the rights of everyone to free speech. And I say, okay. I reject your statements. I think you're wrong, but you have afforded me my right to challenge you and speak up as well. Well, then I've got no I've got no beef as to this person's free speech. The protesters in NYC who are speaking out, I'm glad they're doing it. The far leftists, because they're showing themselves for who they really are. Take a look at this tweet. Lawrence H. Summer says, I yield to no one in my revulsion at the statement apparently made on behalf of 30 plus Harvard student groups. But please, everybody take a deep breath. Many in these groups never saw the statement before it went out. In some case, those approving did not understand exactly what they were approving. Probably some were naive and foolish. This is not a time when it's constructive to vilify individuals. And I'm sorry that it's happening. No, 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 no. I reject this outright. Chris Rufo says just delusional. In some cases, those approving did not understand what they were approving. These are Harvard students who signed a statement that said in plain language, the apartheid regime is the only one to blame. Summers brain is entangled in ideology. It's very difficult for Summers to believe that the people and the culture that he has nurtured for years support the mass butchering of women and children. The denial is strong. But at some point, he will run out of excuses and see the truth. They were like this all along. I'll put it this way. It may be that they made a mistake. But when you march in lockstep with Nazis, I mean, literal World War II Nazis, not the stupid leftist Nazis. You're complicit in these crimes. It is a fact that there were many low level Nazi soldiers who did not know the full extent to what the Nazi party and Hitler had in had in store and were doing. Does that exonerate them of their crimes? It does not. Just doing your job is not an excuse. Harvard students who signed on to something blaming Israel for what happened to these babies, to these children. Sorry, I'm not going to defend you. I won't. Now, I certainly still believe in their right to free speech, and I'm glad they spoke up. I'm glad. But let them reap what they have sown. This is what they've chosen. Now, it's a bit extreme. Look at this one. Doxing truck drives around Harvard showing names, photos of students who blamed Israel for Hamas attacks. What we don't want We don't want authoritarianism. We don't want people to lose their jobs because of their political opinions, right? But right now, it is the people who have built this system who are suffering its consequences. And perhaps this can be a lesson to the extremists: if you build a system of extremity, you will suffer its consequences. And you know what? I don't know. I don't have to tell you. We can't just sit here and be these. uh, um, What is it? People talk about wartime conservatives and peacetime conservatives. We are no longer peacetime liberals, libertarians, classic liberals, whatever you want to call it. Too long, there have been far leftists who have sought to strip us of our right to keep and bear arms and to speech. And yes, I know the far left likes guns. They just don't want you to have them. So I'm not going to support the individuals who tried destroying us. That being said, if you're a far leftist who has maintained free speech, I respect it. Jacobin magazine, for which I am a subscriber, is a far left socialist you know, magazine, and they've routinely defended the right of free speech for everyone. And for that, I will defend their right to free speech absolutely to criticize Israel and even blame them. I, re- I, I, think, it's, I think it's gross. I, I reject their arguments. I think they're wrong, but I'm glad they're expressing them. And so long as they defend my free speech, I want them to have theirs protected as well. If someone tried to fire a Harvard student for speaking up and that person believed in free speech, I'd defend them. I'd say, let them have their political opinion. That being said, the idea of cancel culture to me is more so the unjust and out of context uh, uh, taking of people's statements. Someone said something 10 years ago, so they're fired. Now that's stupid. Somebody said something and it was misinterpreted, so they're fired. That's stupid. But look, man, let's say you're hanging out with a group of your friends. And then one of your buddies, like you're hanging out at a bar, And then one of your buddies stands up and starts screaming racial slurs. You're going to be like, get away from us, dude. We don't want to be around you, right? Even if they were a good friend of yours, you'd be like, dude, stop, man. I'm not going to hang out with you if you're doing this. I have no problem in that regard. If companies are like, we're not hiring people who say these things, it's bad for business. The issue with the far left is that they created a fake reality of what was acceptable and what wasn't. And people were marching in lockstep despite the fact that what was being said wasn't even particularly controversial. There are moral lines. It is not so simple as to just say it is all principle. Sometimes it is morals. You can say right now that you oppose intervention in Ukraine, but you support intervention in Israel because they're different things. I say, for the most part, I'm anti intervention, which typically includes Ukraine and Israel. But I understand sometimes war happens. I'm not so naive. You can't be absolutist. But there are some people who say no to Ukraine and yes to Israel. Why? Well, they view Ukraine. Uh, it's not a NATO nation. It's not an ally. It's not someone we've invested money in. And they say Israel is. I can, I can respect and understand comp- complex arguments, right? My point is this, man. I want to live in a world of, of a principled utopia, but recognize that these people stood behind evil to destroy your life, and they're now reaping what they have sown, and I'm not going to pull them from it. Sorry. It's what you get. You It's the rules you wanted. Congratulations. We'll uh, we'll be over here and we'll set up different rules. I'll leave it there. (coughs) Excuse me. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Oh, it's all just coming out now, huh? The realization that supporting far left psychos meant literally supporting far left psychos and the American people are finally waking up a major break in the culture war. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a major benefit to the right To conservatives to Donald Trump woke MSNBC loses 33 percent of primetime audience during coverage of the Israel Hamas war as it insists on publishing a joint death toll while Fox and CNN see double digit increases on viewing figures. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, with the outbreak of war, conflict and crisis, all of the vultures, we call them, are seeing their ratings increase. CNN knows it. They know that war is money. It's gross, but it's true. Even I can see my viewership going up. Why? Well, war is terrifying and people want to get as much information as possible about it. These major news networks are going to capitalize. But guess what? MSNBC's ratings went down during war? Wow. You must have really screwed up MSNBC to lose ratings during war. There's a reason we call them vultures. They call themselves vultures. Vultures are the reporters who circle the dead. Taking photos and videos. I have no disrespect. I don't. They call themselves vultures. And uh, a lot of people will say, oh, the media is trying to capitalize and make money off war and stuff, bro. And that emotional stuff doesn't work on me. You're not going to complain about, you know, people said that, you know, when I used to go on the ground, you're you're just getting riot porn for people to make money off shock content. And it's like, bro, that means nothing to me. I am concerned about what's happening on the ground, and I want to know what's happening, and I will report on it. And that means it's true today. But it is also a fact, let's just be real, that people who cover the news see ratings increases during war. News organizations love it. The people checking their bank accounts are happy it's happening. Not I, not I. Uh, I, I, I would much prefer to be talking about, you know, cultural politics and elections and stuff like that. But take a look at this. It's a it's a major wake up call for many on the left, that the institutions are abandoning you because you supported terror. You went too far. You flew too close to the sun. And for this, you lose out. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. how evil the far left was, but didn't care because as long as they marched in lockstep, they felt safe. Too many people thought that they couldn't be canceled. Actually, let me show you this tweet from Seth Dillon. He says, Bill Maher said nobody ever gets canceled for being too woke. Some leftists were so confident of this that they were unafraid to cheer on terrorism. Many quickly pulled back, but not before revealing who they really are and how invincible they thought they'd they'd become. Can you believe it? MSNBC losing. Fox News is up 42 percent. CNN is up 17 percent. And MSNBC is down. It's remarkable. I think it's because the average person can see through the BS. There are a lot of anti-war people. Respect them. That they're saying, I don't believe the lies. I don't believe propaganda. I don't want to get pulled into war. Totally acceptable. Some some of my best friends saying things like this. Totally agree. I don't want to get roped into war, but I'm also here to talk about what is or isn't to the best of my abilities. See, this is the game. The far left tried playing this. MSNBC wanted you to know that the death toll was all people. Well, you're either for Palestine, you're for Israel, or you're morally equivocating. That's basically how everyone sees it. The pro-Palestinian side will say, how dare you morally equivocate? Well, what? And the pro-Israel side will say the same thing. It is what it is. I accept it. It's whatever. But I think there are some things that are true that the average American can see. Even with the far left narratives about what Israel does, we can see the videos of what Hamas did. And so we're more concerned with how many innocent civilians were massacred by Hamas when they tore down the fences and started killing people and shooting into villages and things like that. Oh, of course, the left then says, yeah, but what does Israel do to Palestine? It's like Israel responded to what Palestine did right now. You can come to me and say, yes, but Israel did X several years ago or whatever. It doesn't matter. The American people are saying, what's happening right now? In order to resolve a conflict, someone eventually has to just stop, right? And try and work towards diplomacy. And you can argue Israel doesn't do that. That's fine. But right now, for the average person waking up to the conflict, never having experienced it, Hamas decided to kill civilians. And they felt that's the only thing that they could do, huh? You lose. Have a nice day. Bye bye. You lose. That's it. Look, it's a, it's a war and it's a conflict that's been going on longer than I've been alive. Everybody has their v- their view of history of whose land it really is. Many people say on the uh, pro-Israel side that before it was Palestine, it belonged to the Jews. And so they wanted their land back. And the people of Palestine, these activists are saying, no, it's our land. We want our land back. Yeah, everybody owns everything. That's it. The decolonized movement to the left inherently wants to kill those who have colonized. And that's not an answer. You cannot go and massacre civilians. Because 75 years ago, the land belonged to somebody else. Sorry. There comes a point where we have no choice but to say if we're going to stop the fighting, we have to accept bad terms because the war is worse. MSNBC tried playing that game. It's what you get. Take a look at this tweet from Julia Ioff. I think that's how you pronounce it. Founding partner and Washington correspondent for Puck News, who tweeted, Until the last few days, the phenomenon of Western lefties defending barbarism in the name of a desired utopian egalitarian ideal was a historical abstraction to me. Mm, That's painful to read. Because how many of us witnessed them cheering on Che Guevara, Castro? She, well, yes, many of them defending Xi Jinping, but um, Mao Zedong and Stalin. We've listened to what they had to say, but you defended them. But I'm glad you're finally coming around and pointing this out. Julie says, I've read about Westerners defending Stalin's purges and collectivization campaigns and thought, well, their ideological ideological fervor was probably just amplified by the difficulty of getting good information about the U.S. Yes, sir. But now I see that's not it. Thank you. Thank you to all these people finally waking up. David Weissman, former Trump supporter, he says, and Democrat, was shocked to discover that the organization he supported, Black Lives Matter, hates Jews. BLM Chicago praised the attack on civilians and then tweeted this. Yesterday, we sent out messages that we aren't proud of. We stand with Palestine and the people who will do what they must to live free. Our hearts are with the grieving mothers, those rescuing babies from the rubble who are in danger of being wiped out completely in a Palestinian flag. And he says this isn't an effing apology. Of course it's not. They, they are happy they posted that message. They're mad about the media response. This message they posted is doubling down. Get woke, go broke, my friends. We may actually get some unity yet. We may get some unity yet. The far left's ideas, you know, now here's what we do. All of their far left CRT gender ideology stuff, it is the same message that brings them to defend terrorists. You get it now? Remember that lady? Uh, what, what was it? Um, there was a weather other underground person that got pardon, man. It's been it's been too long. OK, do you get it now? I hope you do. This is what. The message needs to be from us. The far left supports the killing of civilians. My friends who are anti war don't support any killing of any civilians. And they're critical of Israel because Israel kills civilians. Fact. Is it good? No. Is Israel the same morally as what Hamas is doing? No, absolutely not. Here's what I can tell you what I see there are a lot of people that are very critical of Israel. And I can only tell you this. Right now, I am mostly uninitiated, don't know a lot about it, a little bit. Israel maintains and relentlessly tries to to say we don't kill civilians. And there are some extremists who are saying wipe out Gaza and do all of this stuff in response to what they saw. Not good. Don't like it. We need peace. Hamas explicitly targets civilians as a military tactic because they, they what, what is it? We have a let me, let me show you this. Yale professor urged to resign for vile comments about Hamas attacks on Israel. Quote, settlers are not civilians. Understand this. Israel issues warnings. We even heard this from pro Palestinian uh, uh, reporters. They drop flares on buildings for targets and they give prior warnings saying, get out now, because they want to take out the infrastructure and minimize collateral damage. A Yale professor says that settlers are not civilians. She's basically saying they should be killed. So, who am I supposed to defend here? When MSNBC tries to say that what we're seeing now is a moral equivalence this is what you've courted. MSNBC courted the far left and said, please watch us. And then when it came down to it, they knew that if they came out and defended Israel, they would lose a massive portion of their viewership. So they had to play it both ways, huh? And they lost a massive portion of their viewership. The same thing is true for CNN. I used to watch CNN all the time. Seriously, I'd have it running. This is five years ago. CNN would be on 24 seven. I didn't want Fox or MSNBC. But then one day I noticed that all CNN was doing was talking about Trump. It had gotten to that point where I was like, okay, look, there's mass rioting happening in Iran. I need to know what's going on. So I changed to Fox News and that was it. CNN decided that talking about Trump would generate ratings for them. So that's what they did. And they lost a viewer like me forever. Now, as they try to go back and try and cover news, I'm not coming back to watch their garbage. They sacrificed their audience for the anti-Trump crowd. And now that Trump's not president, they're reeling from it. MSNBC sacrificed rational individuals for the far left, and now they reel because of it. You reap what you sow. get what go broke. I hope none of this results in war. The last thing we want. But I can say at least here in the United States, many people are waking up to the psychosis of the far left, and it's a good thing. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.